0: Welcome back to Moms After Bedtime. I'm Mandy, and I'm here with Brooke and our guest host this week, Charlene. Hi. Hello. And today we are on episode 29, which is crazy. Um, But this week, we are just going to kind of throw the mic over to Charlene and let her tell us all about her story. Um, She has experience being a teen mom, and she also experienced infant loss, so um, trigger warning when we get to that. But I think it's a really important story to hear, and I'm excited to hear her share it with us. But before we jump into that, let's start with our wine and cheese. Brooke, you want to go first?
1: Yeah. Um, so if you guys follow on the Instagram, you'll know a little bit about this, but my wine is that um, I was really proud of myself the past couple of days. I was really focusing on, like, self-care, uh, trying to do the things that we talked about in our 2021 intention episode. Um which is nice because it kind of really holds me accountable. It's true. It it really does. Like, now I feel like I have to do all those things. But, (laughs) so, I was taking a shower, and instead of strategically placing my phone so I can watch TikTok, I've been trying to listen to, like, some music, like, easy listening, pop music.
0: I just picture, like, elevator music when you say that. Like, what are you listening to? Um,
1: (laughs) It's like a mix of, like, some Taylor Swift, like, Jack Johnson, uh sam smith
2: okay i have All to right. say i love listening to Nora jones so
1: yeah oh, I love something Nora like actually she has not popped up yet on that station but um like Nora jones and that sort of thing okay anyway so i was really in the zone <laughs> listening singing had a nice long shower then i took the shower head off because we have the kind that you can like remove and like spray wherever and i was not doing any funny business with the shower head <laughs> Mandy brought that up to me earlier I was just removing extra hair From my butt crack like a loser So anyway So yeah so then when I went to put The shower head back up on The pipe thingy I like put it up And then pulled it down to make sure it was in the right spot And pulled the whole pipe like off the wall So water sprayed everywhere And I like freaked out Like what do I do and then I was like oh my god Duh turn the water off So I turned off the water And then I just felt like an idiot, and my whole entire, like, self-care, like, do good things for your body and and mind uh, was ruined for the rest of the night, and... I just couldn't get back into like, oh, you're going to relax and do a face mask and do all these like special moisturizers and stuff. I just sat on TikTok because I was just too pissed off and (laughs) and I ruined the shower. So yeah, it's fixed now. They fixed it today. And Shane officially calls me the Hulk because I pulled our shower pipe out of the wall. (laughs) which I really didn't use a lot of strength. I just kind of like pulled it down a little bit and it just kind of snapped. So.
0: Well, he better not piss you off. Right. Right. I'll
1: blame it on him. (laughs) You know, it is what it is. So that's my wine. Um, And then my cheese is that the inauguration is this week and I know we've talked about like trying to not get too political or anything on the podcast but I am a little more like liberal leaning so I am kind of a fan of Biden not kind of I am a fan of Biden and I'm just so excited I think inaugurations are exciting in general whether or not you're Republican Democrat whatever it is I think inaugurations are history and they're exciting and I always get excited for them so um I'm looking forward to it
0: that's awesome yeah it's exciting yeah, yeah and
1: I'm, I'm excited to teach my students about it and just talk yeah. about the history of it and it's such a patriotic like American thing so it's just it's a, a piece of U.S. history and I don't know it's exciting to me
0: that's a good cheese you're motivating me to like do some like inauguration yes yes activities this week at school also yeah.
1: MLK like tomorrow we're gonna do some MLK activities So it's a very eventful week. Fun. That
0: is a good cheese. That's exciting. All right, Charlene, what's your wine and cheese this week? Okay,
2: so I'm going to start with my wine. My wine this week, it kind of is like last week, though. I don't know what this week is going to really bring, but um, I have to say that – Okay, so Andre, my youngest son, has been defiant lately, and so he does speech therapy, and he his Head Start is remote, and so they do Zoom classes on the laptop. So here we are doing the whole remote (laughs) learning. He's doing really good with speech. He's been doing it since September, and um, he's just done so well with it. And luckily, the the classes are only thirty minutes, so it's not that long. It's not that bad, but. I don't know. I just had a tough time with him last week. So we're on Zoom with his class. I think it's more when he's with his class, when he's around all his friends. I don't know mm-hmm. if he gets like over overwhelmed or really excited, but here he is, the only kid running around my whole entire house. <laughs> I'm chasing after him and I'm just like, sit down, please sit down. I'll give you a Popsicle if you just sit down. Um, and I... It's, I've just like, have felt so defeated. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And like, it's not really embarrassing, because of course, like the other kids are moving around and everything. But I swear something about boys and girls, like girls are just, I see all the little girls on the screen, and they're all just so into what the teachers are saying and they're so talkative and the boys are just like picking their nose and and I'm like, oh, well, I have three boys. So this is my life.
1: You have like the boy mom perspective that we don't have here.
2: Yes. 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 So true. So I just, I, that's my wine. I've just felt so tired lately with him and I'm just like, oh, I hope this gets better. So, That's my wine. It's just been so hard, especially because he was doing so good, decently good. And then Christmas vacation started. And then, you Mm -hmm. know, we weren't on our routine, we were off our schedule. And here we come back to, oh, we have to do your zoom classes. And he's just like, No, I don't want to like, (laughs) no. And of course, now with his speech therapy that he's been doing, he's talking so much more. So now he knows he has a voice. So he's basically mm. telling me to fuck off. So I'm like, <laughs> thanks, dude.
1: It's so much harder virtual, too, because you are you can't, like, force him to sit there and stare you at can't. the screen.
2: No, you can't. And your mom. So they're not, like, they're mm-hmm. so different with their parents than they are with, like, teachers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's my wine. I've just been so tired with it, but I'm excited to see what tomorrow brings with his classes. So and I wanna say my cheese is that my sister is due tomorrow with my second nephew.
1: Oh yay.
2: So that's I I'm gonna say is my cheese. I'm really excited too, um, for his arrival. I hope that she goes on time, but On time is tomorrow, so we'll see. (laughs) So I guess that's my cheese.
1: You guys are a family of boys.
2: I know. My mom and dad have me and my sisters, and I have my stepson, Riley, my son, Zane, and my son, Andre, and then my older sister has my nephew, Easton, and the baby on the way. I can't say the name, but he's a boy. So (laughs) yeah, it's all grandsons for my parents. It's crazy
0: yeah that's crazy and they had all girls yeah yep, <laughs> that's so weird so crazy so yeah that's so exciting it's always so exciting to win it I mean obviously it's exciting when it's yourself but like when it's someone else and like you just get to like suck in those baby snuggles you do and like you get to be the aunt yes it's good <laughs> it's I so love exciting. it I love it <laughs> well that's a good cheese mm-hmm. yeah I actually follow your sister on Instagram and I'm like Yep, she looks like she's very. Pop. Oh my god! <laughs> but she is a okay. She is the definition of like a basketball pregnant belly. Right. Like it's almost like how is that even possible?
2: If you see her in person, I think it's because we're so tall and thin, like we're just all belly. Like that's how I was. Mm-hmm. I I will show you guys a picture of me pregnant with like days before I had my C section with Andre, and it was horrible. I was so low and just all belly. So, yeah, she's the definition. So crazy.
0: Alrighty. Well, my wine and cheese – I feel like – I guess I'll do my wine first so we can like end on a a good note here. Okay. I feel like my wine is a little bit heavier than it's been lately. My wine should be that I lost fantasy football this week, but (laughs) I won't go into that. But I – Just, like, I've had a couple days this week where I've just been, like, in my feels, Mm -hmm. you know? It's just, like, rough days. I never really thought of everything that we went through with infertility and all that. I never really considered that to be trauma until Megan actually said those words on a previous episode we were talking about it, Mm -hmm. and now I just realize how accurate that is. Mm -hmm. Like, especially now that, like, it's, like, I don't want to say it's long gone, but, like, we've. We've made it through the hard parts, like the actual physical parts of infertility, and we are, quote unquote, on the other side of it. But all it takes is one little thing, whether it's a comment or a pregnancy announcement or whatever it may be, and it's like PTSD, like mm-hmm. instantly back in like those really awful feelings mm-hmm. where like you feel just so yucky, but you can't get out of it. And so I just had a couple days of that this week, and again, going back to our 2021 intentions, of, like, trying to give myself grace, trying – we talk about this all the time – trying to, like, just allow yourself to, like, feel your feelings right. and, like – but it's not really easy to do because mm. I just always want to, like, just – because I know from experience that I will eventually just get on the other side of it and then I'll feel better. Right. And it usually takes a few days and I can come out of it, but – So I just, like, I'm, like, I know the end is coming, so I'm, like, let's just get to the part where I feel better. (laughs) And I try to, like, push through it, which is not really effective. So I just had a couple days where I just was sad and cried a lot and just feeling down. But Hmm. I am feeling, like, on the other side of it. Good. Yeah, but I think I'm feeling better because um, yesterday my cheese is that I got to drive all the way up to Bangor and finally – we were supposed to go visit and then i got covid <laughs> so finally got to go visit megan and eliza oh, yeah. and meet her she's so teeny tiny i was talking to phil and i'm pretty sure she's the like last newborn or the first newborn i've held since isla i can't think of cuz even if a friend had a baby like it's been covid yeah that's so we true yeah.
1: Wow, that's crazy.
0: I know. So I haven't actually seen like a baby that little since Isla, and I just forget how tiny they mm-hmm. are. And they're pretty much the same size. Like, right. they were very similar when they were born. She's just so small. Mm-hmm. She's so squeaky. Aw, it <laughs> squeaks. So cute. I like forget about their noises and I like forget about like, you know, how they like move like all robotic. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's
1: just, yeah.
0: Oh, it's just so weird. But she was so cute and she was so tiny, and it was just good to see them and just to see Megan. I haven't seen Megan forever either because. They weren't traveling down here for a while just because she was so close to mm-hmm. having the baby. So it was just nice to see them and see their house for the first time, too. Oh, oh yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it was a good little visit. And then besides actually getting to see Eliza, it was just – so she lives in Bangor, which is about three hours away from us. And I went by myself just because COVID. I didn't want to bring Isla. And I don't think Isla could handle a three-hour car ride anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Um. So I basically got, like, a date to myself. I took three hours in the car and, like, listened to podcasts. I didn't listen to Jack Johnson, but <laughs> I listened to – I found, like, a Spotify playlist of, like, old – I was, like, a emo wannabe kid in high school and, like, some old, like, emo – I think the playlist was, like – scene kid myspace <laughs> oh my god I love it <laughs> oh my god it was like so much like nostalgia like some old like taking back sunday song oh follow boy and songs that I forgot existed you know like when you like blatantly forget a song exists but then when it comes on and you remember every word mm-hmm. yes
1: and it feels so good to like just yeah. dust it out like that was what I was doing in the shower before I broke the thing
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that is like my like self-care there like whenever i like listen to like nostalgic music and just like belt out my old emo songs it's a good mm-hmm. feeling it's like yeah so uh so i had to do that three hours there three hours back so it was just like a good self-care day and honestly i had a really like the rough days i had were like the two days i went before going to see megan and then i just i feel a lot better so maybe i just needed that little yeah. time and oh that's good singing in the car time
1: you refilled your battery your cup
0: yeah that's, what that's right calling it <laughs> I like that. Whatever cliche we're using. I like it. All righty. Well, we are going to just jump right in and let Charlene share her story. Um, again, just to before we start, we do have a trigger warning that Charlene is going to talk about losing her infant daughter just in case. I know that if I were like further on in my pregnancy, like that might be triggering to me. So just put a warning out there. Um, but otherwise, I'm really excited. I think it's really important to hear all about your story. And I'm going to hand it over to you. All right. Ooh, lights
2: on me. Okay.
0: Yeah, guest hosts. Like I know you're the most hosty of the guests. I yet. love it. I love it.
2: <laughs> I can start with my teen pregnancy, if you want me to, or the teen being a teen yeah. mom. Yeah. Okay. So, Mandy, you and me have known each other. You know, we weren't like the friends that hung out in school, but we've known each other. I want to say like kindergarten.
0: I'm sure. I I don't know why. I'm sorry if this is really creepy. But I just remember like this picture of you. I don't know if I had it because maybe we were in the same class at some point okay. or maybe it was in one of the yearbooks and there's just like a picture of you playing in a sandbox oh, as really? <laughs> a small child. But like this frilly, frilly dress. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) But yes, I think we've been, we probably went to school together the other since. Yeah, we
2: probably did. That's what I can remember from. But uh, yeah, I got pregnant with Zane my senior year. It was our senior year. And I will say, I will be honest, I wanted to get pregnant. I Yeah, I did. I won't go into like... Full detail about the dad or anything like that, but I did get pregnant. I think I was, I was 17. I found out like it was around February and it was right around my 18th birthday. And I was like, okay, I'm going to wait till I turn 18 and I'll tell my parents. But me, I've always been pretty like open posting everything that goes on in my life. My space at the time, there was like, this app or something that I could put on my MySpace page of how far along I was. And my mom was a teacher or she she still is. And I was friends with some of her students. So they had me on my MySpace. And for sure, they saw the little thing I had saying how far along I was and being naive and everything. And my mom goes, my students keep telling me that you that you're pregnant. And I was like, Oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, oh, no. just ignoring those signs or whatever that might my- my mom was trying to figure out. So it was around March, I had just turned 18. And I told both of my parents that I was pregnant, I like sat down with them, I was really open about it. I just was like, well, you know, that mom that you heard about me being pregnant, well, it's true. And it just didn't go over well, because one, they didn't like the dad at all from day one. So they just didn't approve at all. So let's see. So I remember my mom telling me that she wanted me to get an abortion and I went along with it. I was like, all right, fine. Set up the appointment, blah, blah, blah. And I remember the day that we went, I was all for it. And we went to Portland and we, um, got to the, I think it was I think it was Planned Parenthood. I'm pretty sure it was in Portland. And... I go in and they have to do the vaginal ultrasound to see how far along I am. And I remember telling the, the ultrasound tech, I said, after seeing the little tiny little baby inside me, um, I was really excited. And I was like, I don't want to get an abortion. I just wanted to come here because my mom wanted me to. And I was like, can you tell her that I don't want an abortion? And she was like, I can't tell her, but I can stay in the room with you while you tell her. And I was like, okay. So the, the doctor, brings in my mom. And my mom is completely just not happy at all. Like I remember, I just said, mom, I don't want to get an abortion. Like I want to keep the baby. And she just looked at me and said, I mean, she's Mexican. So she's talking to me in Spanish at this point. Like um, she basically said, you know what, if you want this baby, then I'm leaving. You can have the father of your child come and pick you up. And she left me there in Portland. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She left me there and I didn't have a driver's license. I didn't have a cell phone. So I, I was crying obviously. And I call my son's father. I said, you need to come pick me up. I'm in Portland. I told my mom I wasn't getting an abortion. So, you know, hours go by and I get picked up. And so this was March, April, and I was still going to school around I think I want to say May I left my parents house and I was staying with a friend um because again my parents didn't want me being around my son's father They didn't approve of him. So, and of course I wanted to be with him. So I left and I went to my friend's house and there were many, many nights where even though I was staying at my friend's house, I wanted to be with my son's father and he didn't have a place to live. So there were many nights I was like four months pregnant, still, you know, a tiny little belly. And everything, but we were sleeping in his car, we were sleeping at other people's houses. But the thing I'm like really proud about, or proud of me is that I always told him no matter where we are, no matter where we sleep, you need to bring me to school, I need Mm -hmm. to graduate. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay. So yeah, I ended up moving back to my parents' house around June, and um, my parents were more accepting and said, you know what, she's going to have the baby. Like, we need to support her. So I graduated, and I remember Mandy being in school and having people look at me and like look mm-hmm. at my belly. And I remember there was like these juniors, and I'm walking down the hall with my friends and they're pointing at my belly and my friend goes, they're they're staring at you. And I don't know if you remember me, but I was just so hyper and like, I don't know, wild. (laughs) And I just turned around and I like lifted up my shirt and I was like, yeah, I'm fucking pregnant. And like walked away and embarrassing. I mean, gosh, but. (laughs) So I graduated and got my diploma. I felt really proud of myself. The summer was pretty lonely. You know, everyone was often join their summer being Graduated high schoolers and getting ready for college, and I was at home sleeping and reading my baby books in my belly. Um, I had a really good pregnancy with him; very easy. Um, I was very emotional, and I had him November fifth of two thousand nine. My labor and everything was oh god! I pushed for two and a half hours. If he was a big baby, (laughs) and so. I guess like being a teen mom, it was hard for me. It really was. I had postpartum depression. I was going through a lot with his father. He just obviously was toxic. And of course, again, my friends were in college. They were getting to just have fun. You know, I wanted to do what they were doing. And many nights I would leave Zane at home with my parents. I mean, again, they were very supportive, but they didn't support the choices I was making, it was very hard for me to bond with him. Side note, he was when uh, when he was born, he was in the NICU for 14 days, um, because he swallowed immunotic fluid. So I didn't have that like, like that bond right away, because they Mm -hmm. took him from me. And I was just like, Oh, I just had a baby like, where is he? So yeah, it was for me, personally, being a teen mom was not like my I don't know how to explain it. Like I wanted it, but I just, I couldn't get to it. I, again, like I was fighting with my son's father. I was, had wicked bad postpartum depression. I was choosing to hang out with my friends instead of being at home and taking care of Zane. And I actually ended up losing custody of Zane. Me and his father lost custody for... I want to say, so we lost temporary custody for two months and then, you know, he was staying with my parents and I was like, you know what, whatever, like this is a free for all for me to just go be... I think I was 19 at the time or I think I was still 18, but, you know, a teenager
1: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and do teenage stuff. So um, I ended up going into a group home uh, July of 2010, and it was a group home called St. Andre's in Biddeford. It was something I had to do because if I didn't, I wouldn't get I wouldn't have custody of him. He was in the temporary custody of my parents. um, And his father was supposed to do, you know, parenting classes, all that. Of course, he never did. Being in a group home at 19, still a teenager, it was a huge, a huge thing in my life. Like I was embarrassed. And I was, um, because again, Mandy, I think if you remember, a lot of girls in our senior year were pregnant, and Mm -hmm. I would see them on their MySpace and everything, enjoying their babies. And I couldn't do that like cuz i didn't have him in my custody i couldn't take him uh, anywhere with me so yeah i ended up going to a group home um i was there for a year and a half and i learned all kinds of things how to cook how to budget how to get a job i got my first apartment from the help of being there I went to Empire Beauty School. Um, you know, I had to find a daycare, all that stuff. Luckily, at that time, the state was very helpful with like finances and everything like that. But it was sad, like being a teenager and being in a group home. You know, we, I had a curfew. I. Couldn't see any of my friends, but the pro of it all, I was with my son, and I was I was building a bond with him, and I was learning so much about myself and about him. So I graduated from there or left there uh, in July of 2011, and I got my own apartment. And ever since then, I've just been rocking and rolling with him, but. I have to say it wasn't easy for me as a teenager and I'm glad I I can share this because I always wondered how people kind of viewed me being a teen mom because I just kind of like disappeared. I feel like I disappeared and no one really knew exactly what I had gone through with Zane being a teen mom. So yeah, that's that's that story
0: I love hearing like you said no one knows right Mm -hmm. and like we went to high school together Um, I've always known who you were and you've always known who I was but we were never like you know super close friends and I know you had a baby and we were friends on social media but you know you don't know the details and you don't know the real story behind any of it and like you said there were a lot of girls in our senior class that were pregnant um, and I don't know any of their stories either and it's just I like hearing you know what was going on behind the scenes Mm -hmm. because obviously it's not it's not like a movie or anything Mm -hmm. you know it's real life and it's i mean i certainly think of myself when i was 17 18 in my uh not formed frontal cortex of my brain (laughs) making exactly (laughs) some poor decisions exactly (laughs) Exactly.
1: all i can picture is like back then too when we were like because i graduated the same year all i can think of is like that's when like 16 and pregnant came out and like Mm -hmm. teen mom there's like this perception of teen moms that the world has seen, but, like, every individual experience is so different because, like you said, like, you wanted to get pregnant and mm-hmm. you you made that choice and... It just probably didn't pan out exactly the way you thought it was going to happen. Right. I can imagine you were like just listening to you. I never really thought about like how lonely it is to be a teen mom because all of your friends are going off and like going, like you said, going to college and going out. And like I know when I went off to college, I wasn't even thinking about people who were still at home or had other things that they were doing. And
2: exactly. Yeah.
1: It's just nice to like think of that perspective. But then I also think like a lot of people see being pregnant as a teenager as is like, well, now your life is over. Mm-hmm. And this is the worst thing that could ever happen to you. And I think that's not always true, either. It sounds like you learned a lot. And it you know, you got to learn things that I didn't learn when I was 19. <laughs> like, yeah, I went to college, and Very I true. still didn't really know how to cook and get a job. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, you don't you don't know, like, even me, when I would hold him, I was like, what is my future going to be? Like, is it over? I just, I had no idea, but I mean, here we are 11 years later and I, I'm doing good. I mean, he's a good kid. He's, he's everything.
1: Yeah. I just think it all matters on like what you do with your choices after, like you went to that group home and chose to be a better mom Mm -hmm. for your son. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I kept a journal too, when I was in the group home and I had one of uh, my staff members read it like before I left and she's like, you know, Charlene, even though like you made some mistakes or did things you weren't supposed to do, you always knew That they were wrong and you always corrected them. So that kind of like always stuck with me and it made me feel good that like, I don't know how to explain, like when I know I'm doing- You're self-aware. Yes, exactly. I'm self-aware. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. So it was nice to hear. And um, yeah, I definitely have read back on that journal so many times. I'm like, holy crap. I was (laughs) so many, I don't go back to those days. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, as you were just saying that, like, I was just thinking of like, you probably were having like this internal battle of wanting to do the right thing and be a good mom, but also wanting to be a 19 year old and have all the freedom that your friends were having. And that's gonna be so hard to be like that inner conflict of well do I want to like live my life and be free Mm -hmm. or do I want to be a good mom and develop a relationship with my son and like exactly finding that balance is hard it is (laughs) like that was hard for me yeah yeah it is 28 years old so yeah
2: I'm glad we have a really good bond so it all worked out for the best
0: I think that I see that a lot with a lot of young moms. It's like you are like growing up with him. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. I feel like any teen mom I meet has like this insane bond with their child that they had when they were young because they just like grew up with them. Yes. And they have like just a different perspective, I think, on parenthood and and just that relationship. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So yeah, I
2: guess we can go into the trigger warning um, of uh, infant loss. So I Did go through an infant lost, infant lost slash stillborn, I guess. So I, let's just say I've been with my, with Kyle. He's my fiance now. I've been with him since 2011. So yeah, we were ready to get pregnant with another baby together in two. 2013 and it took me a few months, but I got pregnant. We were excited, but I think he was a little nervous. So we got pregnant and, um, everything was going good. I started a new job and everything. And I was really excited because there was another coworker pregnant too. And, um, she was a little farther along, uh, than I was. So I kind of would ask her questions. Cause I had forgotten, like when you get pregnant, like no matter like years after something, it, Everything changes, like with what the doctors say, what you can and cannot eat. So I was about – you know how you do like your blood work and everything? I don't know if you guys did just to get –
1: Like the genetic testing?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's a genetic thing. Um, I'm not sure. I was about, I think, um, 12 or 13 weeks and I got my blood drawn. And then a few weeks or a week after they called me, I just got out of work. And I answered the phone and the doctor said – you know, hi Charlene. Um, we just went over your blood work, and we found out that there's uh, your blood work came abnormal, and there was like an increase in your blood. And I was like, oh well, what does that mean? And she's like, well, we can't really like tell. We'd have to do an ultrasound, but it could be spine. The baby could have spina bifida or some kind of birth defect. So of course, you hear that and you just freak out. So I was like, oh my gosh, like when can we find this out? Um, I don't remember if I was crying or not. I don't think I was on the phone. We scheduled an appointment and I do remember going to my mom's um, because I had to pick up Zane and I just started crying then. And I was like, mom, the doctor just called. There was an increase in my blood work and they have to, I have to do an ultrasound to see what's wrong with the baby. And she's like, oh my gosh. And, you know, of course we all started getting a little worried, but tried to stay calm and everything. Um, so of course the weeks were so slow. I was like, Oh my gosh, I just want to go to this appointment. So at 19 weeks, we went to our appointment. We sat down with one of the doctors and they explained what kind of birth defects that the baby could have. I think they mostly were talking about spina bifida. Um, and so we're like, okay, so we get in the room and we lay down and or I lay down and they're doing the ultrasound. And the, the exciting thing was, is that we found out that she was a girl. So we Mm -hmm. were super, super excited. And so they told us the gender first and we were like, Oh yes. And then they said, all right, well, let's just take a look all over, um, see what is going on. And they looked all over. Of course, I don't, I didn't really know what they were looking at. So I was just like Mm -hmm. waiting for them to tell me. And then um, after they were done, they were like, Well, at the neck and the spine look fine. So, no, sp- am I saying it right? Spina bifida. Spine. Spina bifida. Spina yeah. bifida. And then they said, There's a hole near her belly button. And I was like, What? So they scan they took the ultrasound they scanned over her belly and showed us and I was like well what does that mean and they're like well this birth defect is called gastroschisis and I was like okay and um they're like that's when so gastroschisis is when the abdominal wall doesn't close all the way in the baby and this happens at an early stage. So they're really confused why they didn't see it like at 12 weeks in my ultrasound. So what that means is that when there's a hole, um, it's usually on the right side of the belly button and it can lead to the intestines being formed on the outside, the liver, the bladder, um, the ovaries, if it's a girl. Um, but luckily it was just her intestines. I think it was both her large and small. So of course, you know, they're explaining to us what it is. And, um, one of my questions was, can she die and they said well some of the babies that are born or some of the babies that have gastroschisis are born stillborns and you know you're just kind of like taking it all in like there was really no emotion right there i was just like okay okay and um and you know they give us paperwork's on what the belly looks like and everything so you know we left there feeling really excited um to know that we were having a girl, um, but also, again, worried that about this birth defect. And to backtrack, if a baby is born with gastroschisis, um, they do have to go through surgery. It usually takes 12 to 24 hours after the baby's born where they start the surgery and they basically wrap up whatever organs are outside of the body into like a cylinder tube. And um, it's like they, they described it as like they would roll it down every day. Like, like um, like toothpaste, like a toothpaste, like when it's almost oh, wow. empty. Oh So we just had all those like, okay, well now we have to get ready for what surgery is going to be like, where, where I can stay, like who's going to watch Zane and all this stuff. So, but then Again, like after we found out all that information, we put that aside and we just got really excited for just like if it was any normal pregnancy. I didn't announce it. I didn't tell anybody on social media. So that was... October, um, November, December. Yeah. Christmas went by everything like that. It was like bi-weekly appointments and it was weekly around December, I want to say. And everything was going good. Um, Again, I kept a journal. I would write about like how I was feeling, everything. I honestly kept positive that whole pregnancy because, you know, when you're pregnant, like you guys have said, you follow all these like blogs and Mm -hmm. everything that that you relate to. Um, I was just reading other stories about moms that were in the NICU with their babies with gastroschisis and what they went through. So February 3rd was my last day with her. I remember waking up that morning and It was just a normal Monday and um, yeah, just a normal Monday. She was kicking everything. I went to work and came home and it was bedtime and legit like my daughter's name um, was Havana and she literally was on my time schedule. Like she was perfect. She would fall asleep (laughs) when I fell asleep. And so I remember laying in bed that night and just feeling her kick, like just her little kicks. And then we both fell asleep and it was like, great, but little did I know. And February 4th, I woke up. Coincidentally, we had our weekly appointment to go get our ultrasound, see how she was doing. All that stuff. I woke up that morning and didn't feel anything. But of course, you know, sometimes when they don't kick, you're just like, oh, I got to eat something or Mm -hmm. drink something cold. So of course, I'm, you know, having my breakfast, drinking water. And you don't really like, at least for me, I wasn't, I like, I wasn't feeling her. But if I can remember... I didn't think that she was gone. Like I wasn't thinking that. I was just like, oh, she's not moving. Maybe she's just sleeping. Like some women don't even really feel many kicks like for the mm-hmm. longest time. So I wasn't really thinking too much of it. So we we started making our way to Portland to our um, appointment. And in the car, I started getting a little worried. I was like looking at Kyle and I'm like, she's not moving. And he's like, she's just sleeping. It's okay. And I was like, I don't know. And, you know, then I'm starting to think in my head, like, why isn't she moving? Starting to really worry. And so we get to the doctors, I check in and I'm starting to like panic. Like I'm getting like frustrated, like everything's just moving so slow. So I'm Mm -hmm. sitting there. I remember going to the bathroom and like literally like moving my belly. And I was like, wake up, why aren't you moving? Like just starting to freak out. And finally we, the doctor called us in and You know, I lay down and she's like, has she been active? And I was like, she was yesterday, but she's not moving too much today. And at this point, I was... 35 weeks and one day that's how far along I was with her so the ultrasound tech was looking and uh, I remember she was like I have to go get another doctor I'll be right back and when she left the room I remember looking at Kyle and I was like she's not moving like I she's not alive and he goes don't say that don't say that and we had Zane with us so Zane was four at the time so he just had no idea what was going on and both doctors came in and the doctor again went over my stomach with the little, whatever it's called, Doppler thing, or I don't know. Um, And quick as I can remember, it was just like, I'm sorry, your baby's deceased. Those exact words. And we were just like, I was like, what? what, what does that mean? And, um, they were like her, her, she doesn't have a heartbeat. And I was like, well, what do I do? Like, what's going to happen? And, um, at that point, like Kyle screaming and, um, the doctor took Zane out of the room. I was, I, I wasn't crying yet. I just was like really panicky. Like, what do I do? What's going to happen? And the doctor's like, well, you can, we can uh, bring you to the hospital and induce you, or you can, um, go home and let your body go into labor naturally and i was like no i i need to get her out and Mm. they were like okay well we're gonna call over the, the hospital blah 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 and then when they left i walked out of the room and i called my mom that's the first person i called and i remember being on the phone with her and just she was in school in class she's a teacher coincidentally she picked up the phone and i was like that's when i started crying i was like mom havana havana's gone she she doesn't have a heartbeat and my mom was like what what and I was like, I, I'm at the doctor's. They, they didn't find a heartbeat. She's not alive. They're going to induce me. So we walked into the hospital. And of course, you're walking into, you know, the place where you're uh-huh. ready to meet your baby. You're walking in the room and you see everything set up. And I remember just saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. And the nurses, I mean, if I can do a shout out to any of the nurses I work at. <laughs> Main Med, they were amazing. I wish I remembered their names so I could like literally thank them again. So that was still, that was around like maybe four, four o'clock in the afternoon. You know, my mom and dad came because they had to get Zane and see what was going on. It's almost like you're numb. Like I remember just being really numb in that moment. Like I've posted some pictures around Havana's, I call it her angelversary. Um, But there's one picture of me. I'm just like, like really concentrated on my belly. Like I'm like my hands on my belly. And I'm literally in my mind, just thinking, please wake up, please wake up. Like just a sign of life. I just wanted that. Yeah, so they got me induced and I started contractions around seven. I got the epidural. And like I said, with- My labor and delivery with Zane, it was awful. I felt everything and I pushed for so long. But with um, Havana, it was, I, I say it was very peaceful for what I was just going through. I got the epidural. I felt nothing. Um, on the 5th of February around, I'm going to say nine o'clock. They're like, all right, you're 10 centimeters. Are you ready to push? And I was like, I guess so. I mean, this is what we have to do. And again, like still numb feeling. I was very, I just, I didn't know how to feel. Um, and I do remember though, the night before I had her, I remember I wrote a status on Facebook or I was writing a status. I was writing something, um, about just, hug your loved ones. You don't know what's going to happen. All that stuff. I remember writing that. I write a lot. So 9 o'clock in the morning on the 5th of February, I started pushing and took 25 minutes. I didn't feel a thing. Like I said, it was very peaceful. And she came out around 9.31 in the morning. Of course, it was was a blur, I want to say, because I remember them putting her on me and you know, she was there. Yeah. She, she was obviously, I could say she was asleep. I like using that word. Um, and her intestines, they were very inflamed. Um, so it was, it was hard. I started crying really, really hard. Me and Kyle were both, um, my, my younger sister was in the room as well. It was very nice to have her there. And not only did I have to give birth to a stillborn, But my placenta was stuck to my uterus and I was quote unquote hemorrhaging where they couldn't stop the blood and I had to go under surgery really quick and they had to basically put a water balloon into my uterus to help my uterus shrink down. So I wouldn't like bleed out. Like I said, it was all a blur. I just remember having her going into surgery, coming out of it. We we got to, she was in the room with us for 12 hours. I spent about two hours alone with her. You know, I just, again, I was holding her and I was skin to skin and just you hear those stories of how they skin to skin, like if a baby's mm-hmm. not breathing, they start breathing, and that's what I was hoping mm-hmm. for. I was just like, please, 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 and I was singing to her. And then they they took her away around nine o'clock that night on the fifth. And you know, we did get to get we did get pictures. It was really hard. I remember just not wanting to let her go and just wondering where she was going and who was going to handle her and all that stuff. And, um, yeah. And we left the hospital, uh, the seventh of February and it was just, it was empty. It was, I was very, very, it's an empty feeling. It's, you know, the grieving is real. It's, and you don't, it's not in stages. Like there's five, there's five parts of grieving and there's, they're not in order. Like you can go from happy to mad, to sad, to anything like it's there. It's real. I remember I look back and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it was a really tough year, you know, going home, going home, uh, leaving the hospital. I, you know, of course, I had all her clothes, all her, all the bottles, her diaper bag, everything was at home waiting for her, her bassinet everything and I remember Kyle's mom said don't worry I will before you guys get home I will get everything out of the house and she did she packed everything up so again we came home to an empty house where there was nothing of hers it was hard I remember crying in the shower and just not knowing why like crying to my mom like I just want a girl I just want to have another girl and name her Havana but Obviously I wouldn't, but like I just it was it was hard. I I was I was a mess and it took a lot on not just me, obviously Kyle, uh the whole family, even the boys, Riley and Zane. I remember one time Zane uh came to hug me and he was so used of my belly that he was like hugged my belly and he was like, Oh, I forgot. Like she's not there and I was like, I know. But like the bright side of it all is that that year, I remember there were so many signs of Havana. And I know people are like, Oh, I don't believe in signs. I am religious. I'm Catholic. So my faith is in God really strongly. So I, I just remember so many signs and so many people reaching out to me, like sending me gifts, cards, everything. It was just really like, that was like, like the light at the end of the tunnel of this hard stuff I went through with with losing her. And um, yeah, I mean, we're going to be going on seven years without her. And, you know, there are days where it just hits. I'm like, oh my gosh, I miss her. And I'm crying in bed or a song triggers me and or little things. But I I have such a sensitive spot for pregnant women. Like I get so emotional when I see them. I just want to like bless them. Like I just want to be like, I don't know, like love on them. I don't know if that's weird. So yeah, that's my story with Havana.
0: Well, first of all, thank you Yeah, for sharing both stories. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and telling your story because I do feel like both of these topics in very different ways. I think people are afraid to talk about them and to listen. Like I don't want really to put a trigger warning out here. And I'll be honest, hearing your stories giving me anxiety about my I know, pregnancy. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't, don't be sorry. But I think it's important to like – Not just pretend like these things don't happen Mm -hmm. because they do happen Mm -hmm. and they could happen to, you know, you, but they could also happen to like someone you love. And I think it's so important to hear like your perspective of things and how you felt because – If this does ever happen to somebody that I love, I want to know what I can do to help them. And I want to as best as humanly possible, try to understand what they're feeling and like what I can do, whether that's give them space or, or I don't know, like, do you have any suggestions of like what helped you the most with?
2: Yeah. I mean, I really, um, I really, really loved the cards and I really loved the short messages. I did not like once I've had a few people say this too shall pass I did not like Mm. that, but I'll, let's just stick with the things I liked. Um, definitely the cards, pictures, sunsets were huge, like sign of Havana. Um, and people would send pictures of like wherever they were of sunsets and they'd be like, Havana's here. And that was just like warmed my heart. I was like, Oh my gosh, like she's touching everyone's heart. Like she's. She's here. I mean, people have asked like, what do you say when like you have a loved one that lost a child and there are no words at all. Like I had a friend who lost her two year old and me losing a child too. I was like, there are no words to tell a grieving mom or dad, parent, Mm -hmm. um, anyone. So just the shortest things you can say, I, I wouldn't tell like a long thing, like a long paragraph of how you feel just a just a small i usually like quotes quotes are nice like i like positive quotes um pictures i don't know like i said ha- sunsets are a huge thing whenever people would send me sunset pictures it would just make me really happy.
1: Well, I was just going to ask because you have another son. Mm-hmm. What was that like having to go through being pregnant again and potentially oh, yeah. having those fears and girl. was that hard for you?
2: Yes, it was very, very hard. Of course, again, I wanted to have another baby. We were ready in 2016 and I was fine in the beginning. I was very excited. We didn't want to know what we were having. I did not care if it was a boy or a girl. I just wanted to a baby in my arms, alive and healthy. But towards the end, I think I was like 28 weeks. It was in my third trimester. My anxiety was so bad. And I remember I I, I wanted to like block out the pregnancy. I remember I wanted to feel like I, I didn't want anyone asking how I was feeling. I didn't want anyone touching my belly. It was like, I was kind of like, I had a wall up, like, don't touch me until this baby's born because I don't know what's going to happen. Cause I was mm-hmm. so anxious. Uh, the doctors again were so were so good to me like i think i was like 32 weeks pregnant or th- or even 35 i don't know around there um, where they would let me go weekly to just get the baby monitored, like make mm-hmm. sure the heartbeat was good. I think with just my anxiety, my doctor was like, we're, we're cutting this girl open at 39 weeks and getting the baby out so she doesn't suffer anymore. No. <laughs> so I had a C section with him. So again, like three different pregnancies, three different experiences for me. Um, but yeah, Brooke, to answer your question, I, I had really, really bad anxiety towards the end of my pregnancy with Andre, and I felt like I didn't. enjoy my pregnancy like I should have with him like I just wanted to like let every day go by and know okay I made it he's okay yeah yeah it was hard um and uh, when he was born I was paranoid didn't want anyone to hold him I still am and he's gonna be four he's he's my (laughs) baby like I'm like don't touch him
1: (laughs) (laughs) are you guys planning on having any more (laughs) You don't have to answer that.
2: (laughs) No, I will be honest. Like I said, I'm very open. No, we are done. No, Kyle did the whole. (laughs) So um, we're good. I want to enjoy the boys. Riley and Zane grew up way too fast, and they're almost teenagers. And I just
0: I want to enjoy my thirties with just them i'm excited for that stage like the 30s like yeah being in our 30s and just yeah being able to like just enjoy your kids instead of eventually getting out of the phase where you're just mm-hmm. like keeping them alive i know like <laughs> I know. you know well i feel
2: like we're always gonna have to keep them alive like like the same that's true we're we're parent <laughs> we're parents for life and yeah there's gonna be so many other stages where i'm nervous about driver's ed okay Ugh.
0: yeah Oh my God, don't even, I'm not even close to that. And that terrifies Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Is there anything else that you want to add? Anything you want to throw out there? Any resources you want to throw out there or accounts to follow or anything at all or and definitely share where people can follow you. Oh, yes. Um, Well, I don't have any resources. I
2: just know that if anyone is, you know, a teen mom listening to this or um, I feel like now teen teen girls that are getting pregnant, like social media is so big and it's just so common for teen girls to get pregnant that it's I don't want to say easy. But it's. I feel like personally, me. I feel like it's easy to be a teen mom now. I don't know why.
0: It's probably because like you probably can find a community uh-huh. exactly like online in yeah. social media where you couldn't because yeah
1: we didn't have that back then yeah
0: no no right no all
2: that it was it was a sixteen and pregnant and I would just eat chips and cry watching it so no. that that was my support <laughs> um but yeah I mean. Being a teen mom, it's a lot of work, but I say that you will get through it and life will be good. I mean, it's not the end of your life. Mm-hmm. And if you have had a stillborn or an infant lost, or if your baby has a birth defect that you know of, um, just, yeah, be, I, I don't want to say be open about because everyone has different feelings and expresses their emotions differently. But um, having the right support and looking for the right support is very helpful. Uh, For me, writing and journals helped me a lot with my emotions. Just to be able to like, I read back on everything now. And I'm like, wow, like this was a really tough day. But like, I look back and I'm like, I survived and I'm here. And um, yeah, Um, and I am on Instagram I think it's X O Shar with two R's X O C
0: H A R R. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. That's me. And we will put that on um, our show notes. Yeah. Just yeah,
1: I do have to say, I love that you write down everything. That's something I always want to do and I never yeah. do, but I think it's so good. First of all, it's a good outlet. And second of all, you can go back and look at that. And like you just said, you could read like, wow, that day was awful, but I made it through to the other side and I'm in a better place now or whatever it is. So
2: Exactly. Yeah. I love writing. I don't do it as much now, but I look back at all my journals, I'm like, oh, this is fun to read.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and probably not fun all the time. And but... <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. It's a good little area of self-care that we never mention. I know. It is a good self-care. It really is. Yeah.
1: I'm surprised Megan didn't ever mention it, but.
0: That's true. I don't know if she's a, she, it's funny because she loves to write, but I don't know if she's much of a journaler. No. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again, Charlene, for coming on and sharing your story. We appreciate it. And I think, Like I said a million times, it's important for people to hear, but I think our listeners will also enjoy like your perspective and and your experience and feel with you. And I'm sure there's lots of people driving to work right now crying uh, (laughs) because I would be if I were Uh, them too. I know.
1: (laughs) I just think it's important to talk about for other people out there who might be going through similar things that you've been through and know that they're not alone.
2: Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's good to feel to know that you're not alone. And that things like this do happen. And that's life. I mean, I don't know. And I say in a bad, bad world, it's good. So mm-hmm. but thank you for having me guys. I was really excited to be here.
1: Yeah, we loved having you. Yeah. <laughs> I always I like this whole guest host.
2: I know. It's fun. Thing. Me too. I get to meet so many me people
1: and like learn all their stories. And
2: it is I fun. It. I know. I love hearing it. It's great.
0: Well, on that note, um Again, if you, if anybody out there is interested in being guest hosts, we've mentioned a few times that we do have quite a long list, but we don't mind adding to it. Um, hoping to get everybody on who has asked, so please don't be shy to reach out. Um, and as always, comment, rate, review, subscribe, or sharing Charlene's Instagram. So go give her a follow, check her out. Alrighty, well, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.